Welcome back, everybody. You're on Artist on Record, your ultimate intimate conversation with your favorite artist. If you love rock and roll as much as we do, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Also, check it out All Access VIP Backstage Pass. It's where you can find these episodes unedited, uncut, and much, much more. Links are down below. In the meantime, I had a great conversation with legendary musician Edgar Winter. Edgar was on here to talk about the album he did for his brother, Johnny Winter. Brother Johnny. Edgar's hard work paid off. On February 5th, 2023, he won a Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Blues Album for Brother Johnny. Well, with a little help from Edgar's friends, on the album, you'll find cats like Joe Walsh, Ringo Starr, Billy Gibbons, Steve Lukather, Michael McDonald, Joe Bonamassa, many, many more. They go over tracks like Johnny Be Good and Jumpin' Jack Flash. Well, Edgar and I sat down, talked about the record, and much, much more. This is part one of my conversation with him. Don't touch that dial. All starts now, kids. It's all rock and roll, and we like it, and it's a pleasure to have you here. And um, hey, man, I got to tell you, you know, you, you, the record you just did, Brother Johnny, let's just kick it off right out the gate. And it rocks, man. It's a beautiful tribute you, you did do to your brother. And man, no other person but you. You did a wonderful tribute. Well, there, man. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and, you know, it almost never happened because uh, I was uh, very, uh, conflicted about the whole thing and uh, shortly after Johnny's passing uh, there was a lot of interest and I, I got to some offers from various quarters and that's exactly what it felt like to me but I got questions like well, how long is it going to take and what guest artist can you guarantee and I said I have no idea. I, I'm not even sure that I want to do this. But it felt more like people sensing a business opportunity and just wanting to exploit Johnny's name and memory just to sell some records. And I, that was not something I was interested in or wanted to be a part of. So I just passed, you know, for uh, and a number of years went by and uh Finally, I started to realize that it was not just these people, but Johnny's true loyal and devoted fans that just wanted I, to hear this happen. And it just seemed like the universe was crying out for it. And I knew I was the, the if not the only person, the best person to do it. And uh, then uh, there are a few people I want to thank, uh, beginning with my lovely wife, Monique, to whom I've been married for 43 years now. Not bad Congratulations. for Congratulations. Congratulations, man. That's, hey, a, hey, that's hey, a big hey. accomplishment. Really? Especially. Yeah, in, yeah. In, and in California, no less. So. Yeah. And uh, we're here in uh, in beautiful Beverly Hills. I'm, I'm the authentic Beverly Hillbilly out here. <laughs> and, uh, so... Anyway, I was talking to Monique about it, and I trust her intuition sometimes more than my analytical thinking about things. And we, we always make these kinds of decisions together. And I knew, like, I, I thought it might be emotionally difficult, and, and I knew it was going to take a long time. Uh, and when I asked her, she was absolutely positive. She said, well, you you always speak of how 
John is your all-time musical hero, and if it weren't for him, you wouldn't be where you are today. Well, here's your opportunity to acknowledge that, and you owe it to yourself, uh, to your brother, and to the world. And she couldn't have been more right about that, because it just turned out to be a, a life-altering experience for me in so many ways that it's impossible to put into words, but uh, it turned out to be just the most joyous, uplifting, really cathartic, uh, just a sense of, of healing and cleansing. Uh, and I felt a, just a great sense of serenity after doing it. And and I felt closer to Johnny in a way that I never had expected. So it just, you know, so much, so much love and respect for Johnny just this outpouring of of love and all of the people like, you know, I can't thank everybody uh, who contributed, all the great artists. They really uh, had heartfelt performances. And like he said, man, it rocks. But, but you're very fortunate. You get to go back, right? And when the universe speaks to us, we don't know when, but... It, when it speaks, you know when it's speaking to you. And you were lucky to to record this project and reconnect with Johnny and maybe something you, you wanted to say to him and you never did say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had to. It was something that I had to do. My uh, heart wouldn't have allowed it otherwise. You know, I'm very fortunate, as you said, to have uh, been able to do this. And when you were talking about that feeling, that's exactly the feeling that I used to have because Johnny and I <clears throat> were inseparable as kids. You know, we grew up, uh, we learned to play together and we had this almost telepathic sort of musical communication. And I always thought, uh, and also we shared the bond of albinism, which gave us a completely different kind of mindset. And, and I always thought like, no matter how much time goes by, how old I get, how far I end up from home, there's always this one person who will know and understand what I've been through. And that's that's my brother, Johnny. So, you know, it, it was just great to be able to, to do this for him. It must have been every way, which way, emotional and at times tough. Even to pick these tracks out, like how do you you know, pick all the, the, the tunes that you could pick on, on the, for the final. It must have been hard, all that, huh? But you're going back, probably listen to some of Johnny's recordings, and then you're going back and forth, and you guys are doing it. I mean, how about yeah. going back to that part of it? How was that experience for you? Well, the first question in my mind was, uh, should this just be a straight-ahead blues? album or should it be more of a personal tribute from me to my brother based on uh maybe some of his more obscure songs that happen to be my particular favorites and i decided it should be a balance of of both and there were certain songs that were just obvious like rock and roll hoochie coo alive and well songs that uh that everybody 
knows and would expect to be on the record. Uh, and then there are a lot of the cover songs that when in Johnny's rock period with Johnny Winter End, which I think was like one of the greatest rock bands ever. Uh, yes. But he... <laughs> uh, Songs like Jumping Jack Flash and Highway 61 that, uh, you know, Johnny loved the Stones. He loved Dylan. And those were things that had to be there. And then there were all of the songs that he wrote early on, like Mean Town Blues and I'm Yours and I'm Hers. And uh, uh, to me, that's the real hardcore Johnny Winter. And uh, I think that those are good examples of something that I, I don't think Johnny got enough uh, credit or appreciation for, which was his fusion of blues and rock. And I think he did it in a way that, that no one else had before, because as I, as I mentioned, there are a lot of great electric blues players uh, that that rocked people like Stevie Ray, but it was more contemporary blues. And Johnny went all the way back to the old guys that I had mentioned before. And I remember like when I heard Mean Town Blues for the first time, I thought, wow, it's like this kind of like this old back porch acoustic kind of John Lee Hooker slide acoustic slide thing but it's got this drive and energy of uh it really intensity of rock i said how did he do that you know and uh you know those songs obviously had to be on and uh then there were songs that were my personal favorites like stranger Which is a beautiful ballad. Uh, it's really uh, it reveals a different side of Johnny. It's very sensitive, and I think it shows uh, his vulnerability and sensitivity in a way that he doesn't usually uh, let people see. Uh, Self-destructive blues is mm -hmm. my favorite. My favorite Johnny shuffle, you know, that he wrote and and. You know, he played a lot of shuffles. He loved shuffles. But uh, as far as the ones that he wrote, and, you know, all those songs they have, uh, picking them was, was actually pretty easy. And then I decided, well, I want to write a few songs, you know, particularly for this album. And uh, the two that I wrote, uh, were uh, Lone Star Blues and Into the Line. And uh, uh, since we're talking about it, I'll yeah. just explain uh, what I didn't want. It, I didn't want to make a sound-alike album uh, or, or a, a nostalgia album. And, you know, I'm not particularly a fan of tribute albums. I feel like if you love the guy, you know, 
listen to him. Why do you want to listen to somebody trying mm -hmm. to sound like that? And uh, I never, uh, I never asked or expected anybody to try to emulate Johnny's style. I never asked anybody to try to play like Johnny. And you know, my idea was to not just get uh, not just the usual suspects, but more of a varied cast of characters. And there are a lot of people that you would expect to be on, like uh, people like uh, Joe Bonamassa, Joe mm -hmm. Walsh, uh, Billy Gibbons, Kenny Wayne Shepard, uh, Warren Haynes, Derek Trucks. I mean, these are the these are the greatest guitar players out there today. And uh, what I did was I I didn't think of any particular artist uh, in reference to any special song. So I didn't want anybody to play uh, anything on the album that they didn't feel passionately about. So I let every, like all the people pick the songs. And like with Joe Bonamassa, uh, remember we were going over the song list and when I got to self-destructive blues he ain't, oh wow you're really going to do self-destructive now you know hear that uh, that's the first Johnny Winter song I ever learned and played that with my band and man I can't wait to do this and like he came in with Firebird and an old basement amp exact same gear that Johnny uh, played and I think of all the people, the reason I brought up Joe first is uh, even though I wasn't asking or expecting people to sound like Johnny, I think of all the players, he came the closest to channeling Johnny. Wow. Uh, his intensity, I used to think of Johnny as like the Coltrane of blues rock. And I don't know if you're familiar with John Coltrane. Of course, jazz, yes. Uh, tenor player but he had the ability to uh extend a solo uh and it was like an endlessly inventive stream of consciousness and and it kept building in intensity and that's the way johnny played rock it like like he could start out and and play like five or six seven courses in a row and uh and never play the same thing twice and it would just keep building you know in intensity and that just sheer speed uh and intensity and soulfulness i i just think that johnny belongs up there if you think of all the greatest guitar players eric clapton and Jimi hendrix and uh uh jeff back uh I feel, of course, I'm prejudiced being Johnny's brother, but I feel like he belongs right up there with with the greatest. And, you know, I wanted to make, you know, this album not only as a tribute to him, but as a tribute to the blues and to the guitar. That was Edgar Winter. And if you want to see more of this episode, unedited, uncut, join our VIP all-access backstage pass in Patreon. Links will be down below. In the meantime, everybody, thank you for being here. Give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. And remember, it's only rock and roll, and we like it. And who loves you, baby? We do. Until then, I'll see you all later. Click on that box right here. Something special is going to pop up. Don't get out of here, you crazy kids. <laughs>